Welcome to The Power of 10, brought to you by Decathlon. The Power of 10 is a mix of one-to-one interviews, plus some positive health tips. It's all about providing advice on how to improve your well-being, both in body and in mind. We've got an impressive selection of talented guests lined up for the podcast series, all ready to impart their knowledge, advice, and secrets for improving your fitness. Each episode will provide you with an easy take-home message to help improve your mind and body. I'm Graham Bell, a five-time Olympic skier turned reporter and presenter. I've been to a total of 10 Winter Olympic Games. My guest today is the respected journalist and broadcaster, Louise Minchin. Louise has a brilliant career across radio and television. She worked as a host of BBC Radio 5 Live, presenting the Drive Time Show, plus a range of other programmes. She was one of the main news anchors on BBC News 24 before joining BBC Breakfast in 2012. She's also a key presenter of the BBC's triathlon coverage. But Louise not only reports on sport, she also competes in it. After a BBC Breakfast Christmas cycling challenge, she was inspired to attempt her first triathlon in 2013. She then went on to qualify for the GB age group team and race in Chicago World Championships in 2015. Since then, she's raced in five world and European championships and gone on to compete in extreme triathlons, including one of the toughest in the world, the Norseman, in 2019. Louise has been absent from our screens recently as she's been recovering from a horrific foot injury. She's now thankfully on the road to recovery. Louise, thank you for joining us. So Louise, first off, um, tell me what have you done to your foot? How is it now? (laughs) Oh, you're going to be experienced, more experienced than me probably with injuries. Um, The short story is that I... Ran up Snowdon, ran down Snowdon because I was training for Norseman, which is an extreme triathlon. Um, Stopped my watch because obviously the run is over when you stop your watch, isn't it? And went over my ankle on the curb just as I was walking to the car. And I went over and it sort of crumpled. I've always had a problem with this ankle. Um, It's a bigger problem now. And um, when it happened, you know that screeching pain that you just feel sick with it and you just go... Oh, I feel so. I think. And you were like three weeks away from a major Ironman distance, extreme weather in Norway. Yeah, three weeks away from a major race that I've been training for. Yeah, that I've been training for for ages. So went over agony and just thought, I, I felt I thought something rip at the time, and I just thought, well, you know, um, I'm going to do what, well, what I what I do, which is ice it, pack it, wrap it, lift it, stop running for three weeks, and did the try and did the Norseman. And you did the Norseman. Wow. Yeah. So you must have like got the, did, the, did all the swelling go down, or was it still puffy when you were? Uh, I think it was very swollen at the time, and lots of people were like, oh, you've probably broken it, and I just say, like, I'm so, what am I? Is it silly? But you know, you train for these things, and I'm. I'm not a top athlete, so it doesn't matter where I finish. It, what to me matters that I do finish. So I just ignored it. And suffice to say, 18 months later, I've been to had an X-ray and MRI, and yeah, I snapped a bone. Uh, no, snapped the ligament. Yeah, broke a bone. Um, so yeah, and I just I yeah. By the time I did Norseman, yeah, the swelling had gone down. It was still probably painful. Must have hurt in the run though. Well, the run's uphill mostly in Norseman. The run is uphill, isn't it? So you, yeah, you say the run. It's like flat along a beautiful um, fjord, and then it goes up this hill, which is called Zombie Hill. 
And of all the people in the race, I think only five people probably ran up that hill. It's just, you know, it's like it's like going up to a ski resort, you know, those curves that go up and up and up. I think it's well, well known as the toughest Ironman distance race on the circuit. And then what happens is they have... You get to the top of Zombie Hill and there's this cut-off point. And anybody who's done sort of extreme triathlon or events will know that they often have to have cut-off points, don't they? Because if you don't make it past that, you're not going to make it to the end. And they have this cut-off point and you either go left to, towards the hotel where you do the, the circuit of shame, as I called it. But it wasn't that actually in the end. Or you go right and you go up this incredible mountain. And by the time I got there, I'd missed the cut-off point by some time. So I went left. Um, and actually, you sort of think, oh, gosh, you know, that's going to feel sad and all the rest of it. And it really didn't, actually. They just had, you went sort of 10 circuits around this sort of, which must have been, I don't know how far they were each, um, around this sort of car park. And you just think, oh, God, that's going to be awful. And do you know what? It was lovely. They had people playing music. They had people giving you uh, drinks and food. And, and, you know, it was a massive sense of achievement to actually finish it, especially probably with a foot like mine. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a sense of achievement, I think, to finish any triathlon. And I think uh, we met at, I think it was a, a triathlon in Liverpool. Oh, yes. Yeah. I remember that one. I think I was covering it for the BBC and you were competing in it. I had a fall that day. I finished that race. Yes. You crashed off. Was you, did you fall off a bike? Yes. And you grazed your elbows up and then you were on uh, breakfast the next day. You're going to make me sound rash. like I was some kind of tough nut. You're right. I forgot. I'd had a numb leg. It probably, you know, this leg's been it. Problematic. It was really cold. Remember how cold it was? Yeah, it was oh, freezing. So cold. And I got really I'm glad cold. I wasn't racing. I was just standing there presenting it. I knew that my leg was numb. <laughs> Uh, so I was going to have a problem getting off the bike and I got off the bike and it's probably the same ankle. I remember my ankle collapsing underneath me and we were right, I fell on the gravel and then I still finished. Gosh, I'm beginning to learn something about myself, I think, Graham. And I remember getting over the finishing line and I did, I did really well that day. It could be my fastest 5K. And then going straight into the, um, the uh, first day tent and said, look, this is really sore and there was gravel in it. I was like, and I know it's going to get worse because I've got adrenaline. Could you just get the gravel out? <laughs> Yeah, so there we go. So um, what would you say was your fittest you've ever been? I mean, did you take up triathlon later? You know, were you fit before you took up triathlon? No, not like I am now. So I took it up really late in life. And lots of people who will watch Breakfast will know that I did this... Um, competition we went to do a Christmas challenge I think it was in 2012 um in the velodrome and we Charlie and myself raced Bill Turnbull and and Susanna Reid um in the velodrome and I'd never even sat on a racing bike before I did that race and I just and I just absolutely loved it and I'd forgotten how much I loved competitive sports so Literally after that day, bought myself a race, you know, a road bike. I'd never even sat on a road bike. And then I bought, I think I bought myself the day I sat on one. <laughs> and then, um, and then went from road biking, which I love. Somebody said to me, look, I know you can swim. No, you can run. Why don't you try triathlon? And tried it. I think the first one was in 2013. And I've done, you know, I think I've probably done that classic triathlete thing. You start with the short distances, don't you? Start with sprint and then have steadily moved up. And actually you sort of go sprint sprint and then you go to stand don't you and then most people go to what's called 70.3 I just missed that out and I went straight from standard to extreme triathlon I just missed out a couple yeah. of stops in the middle so for people who don't know triathlon then a standard is kind of Olympic distance it's that's uh, what they normally do yeah the one and a half k swim uh, 40k bike ride and a 10k run um, but then uh, the, the long distance the, the kind of the Ironman distance 
um, is a lot longer than that. Yeah, so that's 3.8k swim, 180km bike and a marathon. We'll just throw a marathon in at the end. Yeah, if I started those days thinking at the end of this day I'm going to run a marathon, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start them, I wouldn't get up. Yeah, I've only I've only ever done one Ironman. <laughs> that was that. Yeah, well, first and last. I was like, this is way, way too much. It's extreme, isn't it? Yeah. The reason yeah. I do the extreme ones, um, and they're extreme because they're in um, sort of extreme environments, is that well, a lot of Ironman distance, you tend to go around in circles or you're in a city. And the ones that I do, you start at one point, jumping off a ferry often, um, and then end up, you know, 220 kilometres away. And I love the kind of, you know, covering the ground, actually. That's really fun. Yeah, I mean, there are some kind of city ones. Uh, um, there's one up in northern Germany that's notoriously fast because it's got super fast oh, is it just flat? tarmac. Yeah, and it's dead flat as well. So you'll set yourself a really fast time. But, uh, you know, scenic-wise, it's best to be out, outdoors. I like the scenes. So how important is fitness for your state of mind? And how, what, important, what, what role does that play in de-stressing? Oh, it's hugely important. And um, I think during these kind of last strange months that we've been living in, um, I've realised how important. So for me, it's very much about, um, you know, my job, I love my job and I'm really passionate about doing my job, but it's really stressful. And the stress is just being super, um, really concentrating for three and a quarter hours. I think that's where the stress comes from. And obviously there's a lot of things going on. and lots of different different pressures. Um, and for me, it's about giving my brain a space where I don't think. And I used to go for runs. When I first started this, I used to sort of go for a run and sort of like, you know, take out and take a knotty problem and sort of go for a run with it. And I've actually really moved from that to just going for a run or a swim or a bike ride and not thinking. And that for me is the gift of of what I'm doing when I'm doing those um, training things is that I'm not thinking. I'm thinking about, oh, there's that lovely tree that I go past or gosh, isn't this water lovely and freezing cold? <laughs> and on my bike, I do a lot of indoor biking, actually. That's one of the things I've missed over the last couple of weeks, not being able to do anything, is that, you know, I play really loud music. Um, so for me, it's an escape. It, it's a point where, you know, I'm actually not worrying about stuff. Some people might kind of find it a kind of mindfulness for me. But it took me a long time to get to that stage, actually. I would always be thinking about, oh, I don't know, worrying about stuff, but I don't anymore. And that's a really beautiful thing to be able to do. Yeah, that's one of the, the big pluses of endurance sport you can kind of lose yourself into it yeah it's been lovely how important uh, is uh, looking good in front of the camera to you is that a motivation <laughs> i think i think what i realize i mean you know the, the beauty of doing um as much exercise as i do is i pretty much eat what i like and that's you know that's really great um because i like food uh the other thing that i realized kind of quite early on when i started on breakfast permanently which was gosh, um, so I think it's nearly eight years ago now, was I was eating an extra meal at least a day. And if you're not doing, you know, a little bit more exercise, that extra meal is certainly going to start showing. So, yeah, no, it definitely helps. And it just, for me, it's more about feeling strong, I think. I mean, obviously, I don't feel very strong right now with my foot up. But but for me, it, it, it's more about the feeling than, you know, the, the look is a byproduct. It's the way I feel, you know, it's, a, you know, when I, and I, I'm trying to remember how I felt. <laughs> it's when you get out of the bed in the morning, you know, it's easier because you, you're just fitter and stronger. So that's mu- a lot of it is about feeling rather than look. But it, you know, it definitely helps. Uh, going back to uh, prior 
to triathlons what, what what sports did you do um prior to, to getting kind of hooked with triathlon um so before then i so rewind you know just just before then i probably i mean i used to kind of i'd swim a bit i'd do a little tiny bit of running certainly never any cycling and that was pretty much it go to a yoga class um but back in the day when i was at school i loved sport I absolutely love sport and I pretty much played every sport that was available at school and I was particularly um, good at swimming. It was a friend of mine and I were really, we were good swimmers and so we'd go in all the, ra- you know, we'd go in all the races and I'd, I'd pretty much win them. So that was really, that was fun. That was really fun. I never swam for my county or anything because I just didn't kind of, school and stuff didn't work for that. But um, so yeah, swimming was my thing. And I also ski, love skiing. Uh, my husband is a really good skier and so I we've been married a very long time now and he I used to always go skiing with him and it was just like my gosh trying to keep up with him you know was really hard because he's very good very fast very safe and then there was one point in our relationships when things changed and I'd been doing a lot of um spinning I used to do spin classes and um, I came down a glacier and I was like oh my gosh where is he oh my gosh what's happened and I was literally standing there for ages going oh this is so bad he's had an accident I've left him on the mountain and then he came up and he goes he's like I was like what happened did you fall and he goes no you're just really fast (laughs) (laughs) and that was a day that our relationship on the mountain changed well you should have a look into uh, ski touring I mean if you like the endurance but you've got to walk okay, up. Okay, but you have to give me the honest answer. Yes, exactly. So you have to give me the honest answer here because you like going downhill very fast. How does that compare to sort of walking? Well, sometimes, you know, you earn your turns. And so, you know, you might walk up for an hour and a half and you enjoy the walk and then you take your skins off, you get yourself ready, you have a bit of chocolate and then you enjoy your five, ten minutes it takes you to get back down depending on how quickly you go down. I mean, there are actually ski mountaineering competitions that you can do. And there are, there are uphill only okay, ones Graham, as well. I'm okay. <laughs> so yeah, this could be the new thing. Oh my gosh. How was, how was lockdown for you? How was the first lockdown? Well, for me, of course, you know, I feel very lucky for starters that my job continues. You know, there's, no, there's not been a day that I've not been expected to go into work because we, you know, that's what we do. Uh, so I feel lucky because... I love my job and I would have felt really, um, it would have been really tough not to be able to go to work. And I, and by that, I mean going into work as well. You know, I love I love being in the office. I love, um, you know, my friends in the office and my colleagues in the office. So, so that's good. But obviously there was quite a lot of changes that had to happen at work and we're still, those changes are still in place. And the first one for me was, you talk about looking good for the telly, I do care. So um, we obviously have makeup artists and literally, so my, my recurring nightmare, I don't know if you have work now, nightmares, but my recurring nightmare used to be that I'd get into work and makeup weren't there. So I'd, God forbid, have to do my own makeup. And then from one day to the next, that actually became my reality. <laughs> So did you teach yourself or did you go online? Did you Yeah, so how did you teach yourself? <laughs> I've sat there it's not like I haven't sat there for hours with them doing my makeup, but I've not paid attention. So um no, uh you know, obviously I can do it. And I just yeah, they were there the first day sort of going, Yeah, a bit more this, a bit more that. Yeah, I've taught so I taught myself. So I've learned a life skill, um, hair and makeup over the eight, nine months. Um and then home wise you know, we're all, so we, there's my, my husband and two daughters and we were at home and actually that was, you know, it was tough, really tough for them. I think much tougher for the teenagers than it is for us not being able to see each other. But we loved having them at home. But as a family, 
it's been kind of really bonding actually it's been um it's been difficult, hasn't it? And I, you know, miss friends desperately, miss family desperately, like everybody else. But I feel, you know, I feel very blessed that we've not been ill. Um, that you know, luckily we're not badly affected by it. Um, and you just got to kind of—it's a marathon, isn't it? It's not a sprint, and it's one of those marathons where the goal, you know, <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I, I sometimes think I'm at the end and I'm not. And that's what it's, it's like, isn't it? Summit. It's almost like the it's goal. It's a full yeah, summit. It's full like when you summit. get into the top. There's a lot of them in Scotland when you think you're at the top of the hill and then there's just another, oh no, <laughs> there's more mountains to come. And I feel, you know, I feel, you know, if I, sometimes when I'm feeling kind of frustrated by it, I just go to back to that going, right, okay, you know, this is what it's like, you know, you just, you get to the next tree, the next day, the next week, whatever it is, that's what it's got to yeah. be, isn't it? And then the sport you work on now, on, on, on triathlon, what have you been doing with with triathlon, with uh, with presenting of that? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, we didn't do one this year, did we? We didn't do one this year. No, you've got nothing. a podcast so, with... Know, I mean, um, with Annie. Yeah, so um so Annie Annie Emerson, um she's a, well, she's now a really good friend of mine. So she's a former world champion duathlete. And she and I met because I'm very lucky. When there is World Triathlon Series um triathlon on, I, I present it with Annie. And so we and we, we we're great, we bonded over that and we have kind of very similar sort of outlook on life in lots of ways. I mean she's super, super competitive, brilliant athlete. Um I'm obviously a little bit late or anything late to this in life and so we've got a podcast and we started it um it's called her spirit and it's all about trying to encourage people to take kind of embrace sport and um you know for your physical and mental health it's called her spirit and we started literally that week of the sort of 18th of march we recorded a podcast in a studio in london and then we went into lockdown and we were just like how can we ever do this? But like you and I, you're sitting... Are you at home? In my living room. Yeah, I'm at home. You're at home. So Annie sits in her house. I sit in my house. And we've had a whole series of wonderful guests. And we were going to do one a month. But then, of course, we were all at home. And we're just like, well, why don't we just try one a week? And we've done one a week since March. And it's it's been really, really enjoyable. Not least because I get to talk to Annie for an hour every week and have a catch-up. And also, I think people... I, I, you know, people are available to talk right now, aren't they? And it's been lovely. I've loved it. Really enjoyed it. And lots of people have listened on their runs and doing their ironing. And we've had lots of people get in touch. So it's great. And when and when will triathlon come back? I mean, it's uh, the, the um, I don't know. Slow. It's, it's a difficult sport because you, there's it's it's right across the globe, isn't it? And there's a lot of travelling for a lot of people yeah. involved. Well, they've just had Daytona, haven't they? So I don't know if you watched that. That was really fun. I did do. I did manage to get to do a triathlon in Ellesmere in in Shropshire, isn't it? Um, in September, um, and actually. Uh, I'm not sure I should say this out loud, but the benefit of, of, you know, new restrictions is, of course, you can't have that mass start at the start of the swim, which is what terrifies everybody, isn't it? So it's what you call a rolling start. So you start, you know, five seconds after each other. And actually, that's my favourite kind of start, to be honest. Yeah, you don't get kicked in the head and goggles aren't getting knocked off. And yeah, I've had my I've had so many things happen to me and I'm not and I'm normally because I have 
I don't have to be, but I try and be out the front because that's where I can swim. So I always have to be in the front of, in that, what I call the washing machine. And actually for me, you know, not to have to start like that is a beautiful thing. And then there's just a stream of swimmers. I go, right, okay, let's get that one. And then the next one. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's my favourite kind of swim. How, have you, how are you maintaining fitness with the ankle in the boot? Have you done anything? I have actually, but I mean, I'm not even sure if I'm doing the right thing. Um, I've got my weights. I've got a kettlebell just behind you. Um, so I do sit-ups with weights. I've been doing some arm stuff. I've been doing, you can't, obviously can't do any leg stuff. I've done my own. I've, I'm, I created yesterday my own yoga on my knees. <laughs> I can do downward dog with one leg. <laughs> my first week I was like, right, I'm going to get to the gates, the front gates. <laughs> and now, now I can do about... I can go quite far now on my on my crutches. I probably get about 150 meters. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just so sad isn't it so I have tried to maintain it and because I was so um found it so difficult getting about in the house I just couldn't snack so much so I don't think I put on a huge amount of weight but and I've not eaten like haven't like you know found respite in chocolate cake or anything but yes I've been doing trying to do a bit so um yeah moving on to the soul is there anything specific that you do do to keep your mind healthy the most useful thing i found from doing the um triathlons well there's two things there's the resilience we've already talked about that the kind of like not giving up you know learning how to break things down so that helps me as well if i've got you know other issue kind of you know mental things going on or problems i break things down and then it's given me an incredible tool so for example and this is a bit so if you're a bit squeamish everybody sorry um when i was having my stitches out it was really painful and um, but what triathlons give me is a couple of things where there was a moment for example where i jumped off the ferry in norseman and you jump into this really cold fjord and you go into this it's dark and you you know obviously you're jumping up two or three meters or something so you go down deep and that moment for me is an incredibly powerful moment in my life because it was so beautiful the water and so clear and it just had this kind of taste about it and literally when the stitches are coming out I'm just thinking thinking of that moment of of hitting the water and going underneath the water so you know when things are really bad (laughs) like that I've got a couple of moments and there's another one from that funny enough from that from Liverpool triathlon where that day even though it was a horrible day um there was a moment when I, I was swimming again and I suddenly looked down and I was like oh there are lovely fishes coming out to see me and I'm swimming along and it's beautiful the water was just like this incredible temperature and um, I realized they were jellyfish and I was like oh they're jellyfish but they're really beautiful and that sounds really crazy but so those kind of extreme moments have given me a place in my head which is a, is, is a safe place you know a really safe place where i know it's extreme but i'm going to be okay yeah you know if you if, if, if you can survive that and you jump into a field not get cold shock in the dark you know not swallow any water not, not die for any ridiculous yeah not not like take the wrong thing and then get lo- you know because all these things go through my head beforehand i'm thinking oh, exactly all that and i'm going to get lost and they're never going to find me and of course that doesn't happen um, but yeah, so I think that those are really, really powerful for me and really help me in kind of scary situations. Uh, and then finally, they say you are what you eat. How important is your diet? Obviously not eating a second breakfast every day. Uh, so for breakfast, um, when I'm doing breakfast, 
I stopped trying to eat. I stopped trying to eat so much sugar a long time ago now, and I find that's really helpful actually. Um, so I make my own breakfast, which would be porridge oats soaked with milk, and then throw some blueberries in them. Sort of leave that overnight, and then I'll take that in the morning, and then eat that sort of during the show. Really, I'll have a second breakfast. You see, this is where the problems come <laughs> when I at about. But then it's eleven o'clock, so that's really lunchtime, isn't it? So I'll have sort of probably a couple of fried eggs then or something. And then the really difficult bit for me is, so I've had breakfast and then lunch, and then I wake up and go and do the school run. And that's that from then till when we have dinner in our house, and that's, my husband likes to eat really late, um, is, is, is snack. That's when I'm really, really vulnerable to snacks. <laughs> so I've tried to eat something, you know, a bit more healthy then, like at four, you know, at four, which will get me through till later. But yeah, that's a really vulnerable time for me. And that will include, I don't know, cri- I mean, crisps are my absolute downfall. I can have chocolate, I could have a pile of chocolate sitting there, it'd be fine. If it was a pa- packet of any, basically any kind of, any crisps, I can't, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's the salt. Maybe I should just eat salt. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> so how do you fit your training? So how, when, when does the training fit into that, that schedule, that daily schedule? Uh, training in the summer, I'm, I've also realised, because you do, don't you, that um, I really like exercising in the evening and like, you know, sort of like, between four and seven, I would have thought was my kind of, I, I, I've never done it, but I wonder if I timed myself on a run or something. That's, that's kind of my ideal time for training. Uh, so in the summer months, I'd go maybe then to go, like, I've got somewhere I can swim in open water on, in the evenings, um, I go out for a run. Um, I, love, I love running, love running outside. I'm not a, I'm not a treadmill runner. But uh, yeah, obviously when the winter comes, it's a bit more, it's harder. So I'll try and probably run, if I was running at the moment, probably get home from work and run about 11 or 12, probably. And I do loads on my bike indoors. I'm kind of <laughs> obsessed by it. I love so how do you get enough sleep if you if you're getting up at three to? Oh yeah, I missed out that bit, didn't I? Uh, the sleep is um, I really again because I you know I'm so lucky on breakfast. I speak to lots of different people and we've spoken to sleep experts over the years. And somebody told me, and I've kind of taken his his advice. Um, I have a sleep I have a sleep in the afternoon, which is an hour and a half, and it's timed specifically at an hour and a half because that's to do with circadian rhythms, isn't it? Not longer because I feel terrible and I do feel terrible if I have longer. Um, but it's really, you know, that's the one bit that gets me because it's kind of like, I know I have to do that because otherwise I just wouldn't function because I go to bed about 9.30 at night I because I've got family. I don't want to go, you know, I don't want to go to bed really early before of them. Um, and that's the boring bit. I just think, God, am I wasting my time doing this? But actually probably, it, you know, it probably keeps me going. So it's time to shift gear now and move on to the decathlon section of the podcast. It's one of the toughest athletic contests out there, made famous by Daley Thompson. But hopefully these questions won't be quite as tough. So this is it, the decathlon, brought to you by decathlon. So let's go for it. Question one, what's your exercise of choice? Swimming. Open water swimming. Do you work out alone or with friends? Alone. What time of day do you prefer to exercise? 5.45 in the evening (laughs) (laughs) exactly very precise Uh, what's the best thing about exercise it makes me feel buzzy how do you refuel after a workout peanut butter oh you've got the protein there no sugar how do you relax ah watch telly what's the hardest thing about keeping fit not being able to do it and how do you maintain motivation I set myself races and challenges and top fitness secret 
make it a habit. And final question, uh, it's Saturday night. How do you kick back and relax? Watch Strictly Come Dancing with a large glass of wine. Hey. <laughs> Red or white? Well, difficult. I don't, I don't care as long as it's wine. As long as it's wine, I don't care. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, a huge, huge thank you to my guest this week, Louise Minchin. Uh, before we go, though, Louise, uh, of all the things we've talked about, what's the one key health and fitness message uh, that you would like to impart to the listeners? I think I'm going to go back to what I just said, which is make it part of your lifestyle. It's a habit. It's just what you do. That's what you do every day. There's no so there's no question and there's no debate. It's just part. It is just part of yeah, you. Yeah, make it a lifestyle change. Yeah, it's a like you know exercise for me is is you know people that that's what I do. You know, it would be really strange in a day that I don't go and do something apart from right now. But but yeah, that's that's what I would do. And then it, you know for me it's the mental health. It's the physical. Every single day it makes a difference to the way I feel mentally and physically. Well, thank you very much for joining me and thank you all for listening. Uh, the Power of 10 was brought to you by Decathlon. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes.